You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Morning, my real life brothers and sisters. It's my community. Love you guys. You guys are awesome. Happy New Year, by the way. I get the privilege of teaching the first message in 23. So this ought to be fun. So as Josh said, I'm Randy Mack, grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm counting it a blessing that the Lord took 56 years of working on me before he'd let me come up here and talk to y'all. Um, yes, it's my first time teaching on a Sunday, um, so I'll ask for your forgiveness now and then again at the end. Um, my hope is that uh, you'll hear from the Lord through his Holy Spirit today. Um, so we better pray and ask the Lord to join us this morning. Bow our heads with me. Heavenly Father, holy, mighty God, wonderful Lord Jesus Christ, we love you and we thank you for this day, for this new year, for this church, for this congregation. I thank you, Lord, for the people that are here today. Lord, they're here seeking you, and we just pray that you would come to us and see us now. See us here, meet us here. We invite you into this room and into this message. We pray that it be of you, Lord, and that you be glorified today. I thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So this message today is intended to remind us of how we can live out our lives, how we can live out our corporate calling. That's the calling that we all have, to love God and to love others. We do this with the help of Jesus' word and his examples and with the power of the Holy Spirit through our unique and true identities with our talents and gifts given us by God Almighty which is living out the fruit of the Spirit, of Galatians 5 tells us, or through giving of burnt ends, which is um, with our fruit of the brisket, which is kind of a little hint of today's message. Title, fruit of the brisket. So who here is uh, cooking a turkey for New Year's? Anybody? How about a ham or some prime rib? All right, all right. Anybody cooking a brisket for New Year's? Yeah? So probably not everyone knows what a brisket is or even what burnt ends are. So a little bit of background and some help from some pictures here that Jackie's going to help us with. Brisket burnt ends are my favorite thing to cook, smoke actually, and my new pellet smoker that I got this summer. And there's a little story of why I got into smoking uh, meat and getting my smoker this last summer. So some of you may know I love riding motorcycles. Actually, Harleys are my favorite. Um, I've had Hondas, Yamahas, and Kawasaki's, and I'm on my third Harley right now, which is why I keep Jackie around. Uh, My wife, she's the sales and finance manager at the Harley shop there in Lewiston. Um, So, yep, she bought me a new Pan American special last Valentine's Day for our 36th wedding anniversary. So my plan is working out just fine. I love boating and taking my grandchildrens out bass fishing and steelhead and Chinook fishing with my brothers, and we love camping too, but last spring I was walking along when an anaconda, or maybe it was a pressure washer hose, caught my toe of my boot, and I tried to step out of it, but I was uh, moving forward and uh, didn't let me catch myself, and I fell down hitting my shoulder on the, first thing to hit the ground was my shoulder on the concrete. So this knocked the wind out of me and put a huge tear in my rotator cuff and uh, a torn bicep and all. So immediately, no riding, no boating, and no camping, hauling all the stuff. I was a bit frustrated and discouraged, but trying to stay positive. 
I decided to get a smoker and spend my summer cooking for people, having people to the house, loving on them with the best meat I could possibly come up with. It didn't take me long before I tried the holy grail of goodness, the brisket, the barbecued beef brisket. And not just the brisket, but the burn ends. So who here has ever had burn ends? All right. You guys know how to live. Okay. So the brisket is a very large cut of meat. It's about 15 pounds, give or take, and uh, a lot of extra fat on the outside and heavily marbled on the inside. You smoke these for up to 16 hours, giving the outside a heavy crust they call bark. And the seasonings should be a picture of a brisket burn in with some bark that you can see. And uh, so all the seasonings you put on the outside and how long you smoke it gives it that bark. And the smoke gives the meat a pink smoke ring below the surface of the bark. And the burn ends are the thinner edges that get almost overcooked and don't really work for a brisket sandwich. So most pit masters or pit bosses cut those off. Add some more seasoning and flavored barbecue sauce, their favorite barbecue sauce, and a honey glaze. Then they heat it up for the ultimate barbecue treat that is just pounding with flavor. They call those the burn ends. So my favorite thing to do is to serve these up and watch people put one of these cubes of love in their mouth, close their eyes, chew slowly, and pound the table or stomp their feet while they're making Uh, these humming motor sounds as they continue to chew. And I've seen people do it. It's awesome. I made them for our elders at our last retreat, made four different flavors, and none of us could decide which one was the favorite. But we did decide, finally, that our favorite was the one that was in our mouth. Okay, so moving on. This will all make sense as we go through this. Um, So Josh had asked me, if I would help him with January's message. And I said, well, we better sleep on it and pray about it. And the next morning at 3.30, I got woke up. Alarm's at 4.30, but woke up at 3.30 with a dream or a story. Really, Lord was showing me this is some kind of a modern-day parable about, a fruit, about the fruit of the Spirit being love and how we are to live that love out in our daily lives as Jesus did. So check it out. The parable of the fruit of the brisket. So as a disclaimer here, though, this is not scripture, just my story, and just an analogy breaks down if you take it out too far or take it too literally. Let's just have some fun with it here today, okay? So parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a pit boss who carved out a beautiful prime cut of meat called the brisket. The, <clears throat> the pit boss took out his knife and trimmed off the hard excess fat and the oxidized ends of the meat. He then hand-rubbed the meat with a binder before sprinkling his favorite seasoning on all sides of the meat. Once the seasoning soaked in to the meat, the pit boss put, the, <clears throat> put it into the heat for a long, slow smoke at a low temp. Once it was ready, the pit boss removed it from the heat, cooled it down a bit, wrapped it up tightly in butcher paper, turned up the heat, and put it back into the smoker for a short period of time. Then pulled it out of the heat, unwrapped it, and enjoyed the look and the beautiful smell of the bark and the seasonings. The strong smells of the seasonings before he trimmed off the best and most flavorful end pieces and edges of the meat. The pit boss added even more seasoning to those pieces and even added some sauces before putting them on a tray back into the heat for the final time. And once those spices and flavors have completely soaked into each piece, 
Only then does the pit boss serve the fruit of the brisket, the burnt ends, to his guests. So, I'd like to go through some scripture with you to show you where I'm getting these ideas. And then we'll go back through the parable with some interpretation and some real life application. There's even songs that can help us understand this teaching in this, uh, this here. So, who knows John 3.16? By the way, right? Most of okay. Who knows 1 John 3.16? <laughs> I got you. All right, let's go there. So, 1 John 3.16, and it goes, so this is most likely John, the Apostle John talking here. So, this is how we know how to love how, what, excuse me, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Now, literally, or how do we do that? Well, verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? It's a little harsh, but true. For a little encouragement, let's look at 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and with truth. Amen? So let's let that sink in a little bit. Um, I know one thing that's not in my notes here that I thought of this morning coming in. My stepdad does this for my mother. She hasn't filled her car with gas in years. And it's just that act of kindness that he does for her, that he just wants her car always full. She, I, I, and I mean, it's years, like 10 years. I, I don't know. Maybe it's longer than that. She has not filled up a car with gas. And it's just something he does. What that does is shows her love and respect. And what that does to me is I love and respect him because I know he's taking care of my mother. If he's not going to let her gas up a car, I'm not worried about my mom. And so that love and respect goes all the way through. So in John 15, we're going to go there now, verses 12 and 13. I just start feeling the power of these words and in this scripture. I want you to get this. Verse 12, this is Jesus talking here. Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. That's what Jesus says to us now, today, in red letters. And actually, it gets even better. Greater love has no one than this, in verse 13, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And the next verse, then Jesus goes on and tells us and calls us his friends. I feel like my job's done here. I don't know what more to say. Um, But what what Paul says here, we, we can go to Galatians 5, 16 through 26. We'll let the apostles do the talking here. Paul's letter to the Galatians gives us more specifics on how to do this with a don'ts and a do's list. So I just want to read these 10 verses through. This first one gets me every time. So 16, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. It's that easy. 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that you are so that you are not to do whatever you want to do but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law the acts of the flesh are obvious 
sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. We do this with joy and peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying each other. Man, it just says it all. My observation I got here is that the Lord uses Paul here to give us a warning about our attitude, our heart's attitude, and our actions, which are our choices. He points out that we have a choice to follow the law or the Spirit, and that we also have a choice between the things, good things and the bad things. He even gives us a list of the bad things and of the good things. I believe these are just a few examples of each of the bad and the good, obviously. But by these lists, we can measure our own hearts. And the Lord can use these to show us the intentions of others through the discernment by the Spirit. So let us go back through this parable and with some interpretation and some real-life application. Um, Let me just second here on my notes. Um, So... A parable again. The kingdom of heaven is like a pit boss who carved out a beautiful prime cut of meat called the brisket. The pit boss took his knife and trimmed off the hard excess fat and oxidized ends of his meat. Then he hand rubbed the meat with a binder before sprinkling his favorite seasoning on all sides of the meat. Once the seasoning soaked into the meat, the pit boss put it into the heat for a long, slow smoke at a low temp. Once it was ready, the pit boss removed it from the heat and cooled it down a bit. He wrapped it up tightly in butcher paper, turned up the heat, and put it back into the smoker for a short period of time. Then he pulled it out of the smoker, unwrapped it, and enjoyed the look and smell before trimming off the best and most flavorful end pieces and the edges of the meat. The pit boss added even more seasoning to those pieces and even added some sauces before putting them back on the tray and back into the heat for the final time. And once those pieces and flavors have completely soaked in to each piece, those spices and flavors soaked into each piece, only then does he, the pit boss, serve those fruits of the brisket to his guests. So the congregation asks, you know, what does all this mean? What does it have to do with me? So the interpretation of, again, some latitude here, my interpretation of this parable is that I see this parable as God is the pit boss who selects a prime cut of meat, the brisket, which is me and you, that he calls good, tov meod. Each cut of meat, is each one of us are uniquely and wonderfully made. He uses his knife as Jesus to trim off and forgive the sins, the sinful hardened fat that cannot be rendered down. If we live in sin, unrepentant sin, He wants to work that off of us so that we can absorb his perfect and special spices and seasonings that are the gifts of the Spirit, of his Holy Spirit. He uses his living word, sharp as a two-edged sword, 
as Jesus' examples throughout the scriptures, along with his redemption on a cross, to prepare us for the Holy Spirit to heat us up, to render down and melt down our soft, pliable fat that is left to change it to a rich, juicy spices and flavors of his spirit. The increased heat also helps melt into the meat all the unique flavors from the spices and sauces. Those are his gifts to us. That he uses the love of his people. He uses it to love on his people too. He uses things like the pepper of prayer, the Dijon of discernment, and the salt of the earth. While also making the meat more tender and our hearts more pliable. The binder that the pit boss rubs on the dry meat allows the spices and seasonings to stick to the meat, usually mustard or Worcestershire sauce. And this binder is our Christian community around us, which also helps allow the spices and flavors to penetrate our hard hearts, our stubbornness, our patience, making us more like Jesus, helping and healing our community, like praying for someone who's hurting, stacking firewood for a neighbor, or helping a brother trim a tree, making a meal for a struggling family. So the gifts of the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of the, fruit of the brisket can be tasted by all of the guests. So how do you feel when someone loves on you, makes your favorite dessert, or when the man of the house does the dishes, or the lady of the house takes the trash to the, all the way out to the big can, not just to the front door? I know that some of you pray for your waitresses at restaurants, and some of you pray when you hear sirens going by. There are many examples, but I'm sure you get the idea. I am so blessed. I have a lot of love that I can share with others. I just ask God, God, tell me what to do. Lord, tell me what I need to know about this situation. Then I do my best to do it, whatever he tells me. I have to trust him to lead me and to teach me on how to love better. Love like Jesus did. Jesus knew he was betrayed, yet he washed Judas' feet the night that he was betrayed. Do me a favor. Just close your eyes for a minute and imagine the aroma of that brisket wafting up out of that smoker, filling the backyard with the smells of those spices that aroma of the Holy Spirit drifting into the neighbor's yards and into their houses. Imagine that you are making a difference in your neighborhood, making a difference sharing the love in your community. That holy aroma of obedience to the call to love God and to love others floating up off of that brisket for God to smell and for him to see your fruit. This is the best way to show him how grateful you are and how much you love him. The way, you can open your eyes. Um, the way I try to do this well is by laying my life, my choices aside. I try to do it daily, as the scripture teaches. Not literally, but by preferring each other's, um, preferring others' wants and desires over my own and giving back to God and my community, whatever he has given me. I said I try, I'm not perfect, but I do try to be. I help on the safety team and the ushers here at Real Life. I've helped with the worship team in production and graphics and lights. I lead a prayer team on Sunday mornings. I help facilitate classes at Restoration Night. 
As Josh mentioned, by the way, we're starting new classes this week, so get signed up on the website or find Sherry Hall. Excuse me. My wife and I host and facilitate a life group in Lewiston where we live. I'm honored to represent you all on the Board of Elders. I give a lot, but I can't outgive God. I get a lot more back from God. He fills me with energy and encouragement. Every Sunday, I leave here a lot more lifted up and energized than I do drained. The Lord has blessed me with a wife that has stuck with me for 37 years this February and Valentine's Day. We have two beautiful, loving daughters and two perfect son-in-laws that treat my daughters like queens. All four of them are saved and living it out as they raise our eight grandchildren in Christian homes. I am the richest man alive. And I just makes me want to give back even more and do more for the Lord and his kingdom, even if that is smoke and burn ends. There's a lot of examples in scripture and people in our community that do this love thing well. And there are examples in scriptures and in our community that people that don't do this love thing well. And Matthew West has a song called Do Something that I think puts this into another perspective. There's a link in your notes, in your bulletins there. Please listen to this on your way home. Turn it up loud and listen to these lyrics. Even if you've heard it before, I'm asking you to minimize the distractions and to turn it up and to hear these lyrics. Hear the heart behind the lyrics. Let the Spirit of the Lord touch your heart to love better and to do something. Quick spoiler alert, though. He talks about why doesn't God do something with all the death and pain and hard things in this world? And then God answers him and says, I did do something. I created you. Man, it's up to us to do something with what God has given us. There are even parables about that. God has given us all the help, gifts, talents, scriptures, songs, community, and church that we need to make a difference in this world. Following his call for our lives. I'd like to challenge you to be burnt ends, to be the fruit of the brisket that everyone around you wants to taste by loving God and loving others, by laying your wants and desires aside and preferring what others may want or need because that's what Jesus did. Jesus lived out the ultimate example of loving others, even his enemies, people that hated him and didn't believe in him and who he was. He still allowed himself to be nailed to a cross to die, to be buried in a tomb so that he could be all that just so he could have a relationship with you and I for the rest of eternity. He asked us to remember his actions by taking communion. And I realize I'm a little ahead of schedule here, um, but that's, that's what I've got for today. Um, so we need the ushers to come forward and um, they'll bring up the elements while we go through this in this, in this prayer. If you believe in who Jesus is, and what he has done, then please join us as we remember. Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is my cup, the new covenant in the blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And I have a closing prayer here. So if you would, I'll bow your heads. Close your eyes. This is for you at home, too. I thank you, Lord, for the people that are in these services, in this community, seeking you, seeking your love, seeking to end the pain and the loneliness of trying to do this on their own. Your scripture says, if we will seek you, we will find you. So, Lord Jesus, please make yourself known to each of us today. Fill us with your Holy Spirit this morning. Speak to us, Lord. If you are hearing him this morning, talking to you today, if he is working on your heart, if you're starting to believe that he's actually real, would you raise your hand? If you're just now believing in Jesus for the first time, would you raise your hand? If you're just now, if, if, you have, excuse me, if you have drifted from the Lord, but you want to recommit your life to him, raise your hand. If you already believe in him and aren't afraid to show it, raise your hand. Let God Almighty look down on this congregation and let him see all of us who believe in his son and his son's sacrifice for us with all our hands raised. I pray that you are blessed, Lord, when you see this. We love you, Lord. And all that you do for us each day, you give us breath. I pray that we would obey what you have asked us to do, that we would love you well, and that we would love others well. In Jesus' glorious name. May God richly bless you all. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.